Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. What is up, everybody? This is Junkyard Dogcast. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. With me, Kip Adams and Rusty Mansell. Also of Dogs 24-7, we're live on uh, YouTube. Like and subscribe if you haven't already. Subscribe to the channel. You'll get updates on when every time we do this. Um, we, we definitely invite you to do that. Become a part of what we're doing here. We're having a lot of fun doing it, and uh, we're really just getting started in a lot of ways. But today's episode of the Junkyard Dogcast, we're going to talk about a little about Georgia's win over Vanderbilt, 62 nothing. I got a chance to do that after the show the other night. Uh, from the hotel, actually, I had to race over there and, and knock it out from there. That was pretty fun. And then uh, we, we're going to talk. We're going to look ahead to Arkansas. We're going to talk about Kirby Smart's Monday press conference and get to all of that. But Rusty and Kip, and and Rusty, I guess I'll start with you. Like always, any takeaways from the Georgia Vanderbilt game, sixty-two to nothing? I mean, it was never close. No, it was a. Uh... Don't want to rub salt in the wounds. We all, we have a good buddy that works there now, Barton. Uh, I traded some texts with him on Saturday afternoon and traded some texts on this morning. And, you know, Georgia is impressive. They're elite defense. And, and you know, what they did, it was just a – I mean, Jake, I, we don't have to waste time. It was a mismatch from the minute that they showed up and it was 35 to none. I'm not sure that it's correct, but I, I heard that the spread in the first quarter was seven and a half, Georgia. It was 35 to nothing before I really got into my popcorn. I mean, it was that quick. I mean, it, it just really – you just hope to come out of that thing healthy, uh, get some guys some reps and move on because right now Vandy's in a bad spot in the SEC. I was sitting beside a uh, Washington football team scout who was uh, who told me before the game, uh, when I asked him, I was like, hey, who are you here to, to kind of look at? Who you got your eye on? He goes, well, basically everybody from Georgia. And uh, he just kind of tapped me on the shoulder and said, see – that's why I'm looking at everybody from Georgia. Uh, I told him it probably wasn't the best barometer, best uh, measuring stick for Georgia there. But, yeah, completely overmatched. Anytime he scored 35 points in the first quarter, Vandy gave him some help. But, I mean, it would have been 21 or 28 nothing in the first quarter, one or the other, without that help. Kip, what did you see uh, there in that first quarter that, uh, you know, that, that you know maybe gave you an impression on this game? I think kind of the, the – one positive you can kind of take from this, not that there are a lot of negatives, but Georgia continues to just to come out quick. I mean, they're starting out, you know, firing on all cylinders. They, they have yet to really, you know, come out there and, and really look like, uh, you know, the effort and the focus are, are issues. And obviously, as we looked ahead to another noon kickoff, I mean, that's something you could take that they know how to play at that time of the day. And overall, it was just, this is just one of those games where you just, again, you want to come out as healthy as possible and get as many guys reps as you can and experience. And I think overall Georgia was able to do that. And then, you know, getting kind of a different look in there whenever they, you know, they had the, uh, the switch there quarterback, you know, you bring in a guy like Mike Wright who can run a little bit. 
and that gives Georgia a different look, something that obviously, again, as we look ahead to the Razorbacks, kind of helps them out a little bit as far as just getting that experience of, of you know, having to track down a quarterback you know, who knows how to run the ball. You know, that's a good point. You know, that that actually really and truly, if you think about it, is Georgia's kind of first full-fledged dual-threat quarterback, maybe the first quarterback they've played this year that was maybe ahead of his, you know, that his legs were ahead of his arm. I mean, Luke Doty, you know, you could make that argument there, very athletic kid, but also kind of a smaller guy, not necessarily that big, um, you know, physical type, the guy that you're really scared of running in the open field. Mike Wright may have gave him some, uh, some, some, a little bit of a look ahead there, but uh, KJ Jefferson is going to be a different cat altogether, and we're going to get into that a little bit. All right, moving on from the Vanderbilt game, let's talk about Kirby Smart's press conference today. And Rusty, he says Tyke Smith and Darnell Washington are full go. What do you think? I mean, yeah, that means they're fully released to practice, uh, you know, able to get in there and thud up and have some pads and stuff. But I would caution people a little bit with that. There's there's a difference in working out and jogging on the side than actually practice shape. I mean, uh, hitting people and testing out those those injuries and coming back and those types of things. It takes a little bit. Uh, I do expect both guys to play this weekend. Um, I don't think that you're going to see a ton of, of Tyke Smith this game, uh, I, I do think he'll play. I do think he'll play. But I think Darnell Washington is a guy uh, with his physicality uh, that you could put him in uh, probably a little bit more, have more, more packages there. But certainly with the way Brock Bowers is playing right now, a lot of focus on Brock Bowers. Uh, you know, Fitzpatrick comes in, he's physical as well. But uh, you look at Darnell Washington, I think he's going to be a huge piece of the puzzle for Georgia coming back. I think that uh, Tyke Smith's a guy I'm very interested how they use him uh, moving forward. I think, uh, I think he's a, you know, they can't, they went and got him for a reason. They needed him, but uh, with Latavius Brini playing the way he is right now, um, you know, it's a good situation for Georgia. We'll have some good competition there. It adds more depth. Um, I just think caution people, people that's automatically think, Hey, they're back. I mean, they're, they're not just back. They're back at practice. Can they get into game shape and how quick they get in game shape will dictate the number of reps. Those guys get on Saturday versus Arkansas. Well, I found it really interesting just over the summer when Kirby Smart was like, hey, Tyke Smith's coming from a very different defense. They do things a lot differently than than Georgia did. They did them at West Virginia a lot differently than Georgia is doing them now. And he missed a lot of reps, man. I mean, he missed, you know, a couple, two or three weeks of preseason camp. He's missed a few weeks of practice. Now, I think he's going to have to play catch up mentally, mentally and physically. Mentally, I'm just going to, you know, kind of get it together there. Uh, but mentally and physically, he's going to, uh, you know, miss a lot of reps there. But Darnell Washington's a guy, I think, you know, obviously he knows the offense a little bit already. He kind of understands what to do and and knows a lot about what's going on there. He missed some reps, too, and he's going to have to play some catch-up. But, um, you know, I definitely agree with you there as far as one maybe being a little bit more prepared than the other to play. Kip, who do you think Georgia needs more right now, Washington or Tyke Smith? I think – you know, it's it's tough to say they need either one of them just because of the level of play they've gotten out of both positions so far. You know, if Tyke Smith was ready, I think it'd really help him out a lot with just being able to to kind of give uh, the opposing offenses a different look back there schematically. As far, you know, I think that when you look at Kendall Browse and what that offense tries to do at Arkansas, they try to find that weak spot and expose it and attack it. And if, if you're able to add a guy like Tyke Smith into that defense, it's just a, another skill set you can kind of throw out there that makes it a little bit more difficult for them to actually pinpoint and find anyone. We saw 
particularly Ringo get out there and, you know, and get a start and get even more experience under his belt. You know, it, it's becoming more difficult now maybe for opposing offenses to kind of find a DB in Georgia secondary to pick the pick on because every week they're getting more experience. But Darnell Washington, I think it, it kind of reminds me of Jermaine Burton at the beginning of the year. You know, he came back uh, and just was not completely in playing shape yet. And he kind of had to, you know, get back out there and just get those reps, whether it's in the game and practice and just kind of get back into, into season playing shape. And you saw, you know, him kind of uh, get back, get back into it and, and improve his quality of play in each week after that season opener. But you can kind of tell with Jermaine Burton, he's found to, you know, uh, get rid of the rust a little bit and, and just get back into, in the full playing shape. And I mean, when you're six foot seven, you know, if he's coming out there 265, 270 pounds, I mean, there's a chance that he might have, you know, he might have a little bit of that, that off-season weight as well if he hasn't been able to get out there as much in practice. So, you know, the Darnell Washington we saw last year where it just looked like he was towering over defenders and able to move it, you know, just a rare combination of size and speed. It might be a week or two before we see that version of Darnell, but still a six foot seven pass catcher with, with the, the group they already have out there, you know, with, with what Brock's doing. Uh, I, I mean, it definitely doesn't hurt getting either one of them back regardless. I just think we might be a week or two from getting either one of them just completely out there and in the rotation. But if you get, if you get 10, 15 snaps out of either one of them, it's, you know, it's still an added bonus to, to both sides of the ball. And I think, you know, there's a chance either one of them can make a big play this week because, I mean, this is a big-time matchup Georgia has on the fans. I want to give our guy Derek Durham a shout-out real quick. He's yeah. always talking to us here on the show. I love it. I love it. Rusty, was that what you were going to say? I was going to say, yeah. You see those guys. Uh, we see your comments and everything. I will just say this. We had several people ask me social media-wise. We had people ask me on text messages. I see people asking here in the comment section, will the game time be moved? It's not moved. Once they set that game time, uh, that's the reason that CBS can flex a game from just like they flex Georgia Auburn. Uh, you'll know six or seven days out, and it's locked in. You start doing travel time, TV time, logistic time. Nobody here thinks that Georgia Arkansas should be at noon. I can tell you, Georgia and Arkansas is at noon. No matter what, it's gonna, be. It's gonna be at noon on Saturday, and, and game day will be there. So uh, get yourself ready. Uh, it's early, uh, and, but it is going to be at noon game time. Yeah, no doubt about it. That That is 100% the case. Let's get to a couple other things from Kirby's presser today, one of them being more injury stuff, which is Arian Smith battling a shin contusion. Um, listen, I saw this cat, I saw this kid practice on Monday of last week, and he was limping. He was limping noticeably. I mean, it wasn't one of those things where he could he was barely moving, but you could tell there was a hitch in his giddy up there. Rusty, how much would it mean for this offense to kind of get him back at this point in the season Obviously, they got through the last two, you know, <laughs> to the tune of 102 to 13. Um, you know, so, you know, they made it through the last couple of games without him. But it's getting to the point of the schedule where it seems like they'd really benefit from getting Arian Smith back. I'll give you a little insight on this one. You know who recruited Arian Smith to Georgia? It's Scott Fountain. Scott Fountain recruited Jalen Carter and Arian Smith, landed both of those guys for Georgia. Well, Scott Fountain is now the special teams coach at Arkansas. So not only does Scott Fountain know, hey, we got to prepare for Jalen Carter, but we got to prepare for a guy that is one of the fastest, if not the fastest football player, uh, you know, track speed wise in the country. You know, he got verified times at 10, 100. So um, when you have a player like that, it gets on the field. 
it it makes you it makes the eyes start going toward him because you know at any second he can knock the top off of coverage literally. Uh, so it would be big to get him back this week, even if he doesn't start, uh, because when he's on the field, you have to be aware of him at all times and what he can do, you know, in the vertical passing game because he can take off and run by you, and there's nothing you can do about it if you don't get your hands on this guy. So. Uh, you know, I think he's got to step his game up a little more. But right now, the biggest thing with Arians is he's just been so banged up from here and there. You know, make a touchdown and, you know, he got banged up again. So uh, you really want to see him get back and get healthy. But I know I know that Arkansas staff, specifically Scott Fountain, who is the lead recruiter on both of those players uh, for, for the University of Georgia, uh, they'll, they'll be aware of Arian Smith at all times when he's on the field. Yeah, and uh, you know one of the things I, I wanted to point out here is Kirby also said, and he said this about Tyke Smith and Darnell Washington too. They left them behind so that they could work out and recover, and you know, apparently that. that worked out for all three of those guys, Arian Smith, Tyke Smith, and Darnell Washington, because you know all of them got good recovery. All of them, you know, are, are hopeful, if not probable, uh, for this week against Arkansas, and they're going to need them. Uh, Kip, what do you think? Uh, Marcus Rosemey Jack Saint also dealing with an injury, not necessarily sure, you know, what he's dealing with there. I, I hate to kind of pose a comparative question like this to you, but if you had a choice between getting Marcus Rosemey Jack Saint back or getting Arian Smith back, who would you pick? Wow, that's that's a tough one right there. I think, uh, you know. Marcus Rosamy's got kind of a, you know, a, a little bit of a do do it all kind of skill set that he can, you know, he can help you out in a number of ways. We've talked about Arian Smith. We talked about him all offseason, just that he has that different gear and that ability to stretch the field. Uh, you know, I, I, I like to think that just because Arian has that, that different skill set that really no one else on the team has, you'd like to see. You know, can can JT Daniels overthrow this kid? You know, uh, you know what kind of deep ball can we actually see? And if you have a guy like that on the field, I just think it makes everything just that much easier for the for the rest of the offense. So, uh, definitely, Arian Smith. You, you know, it's kind of similar to just how Karis Jackson's first two years in Athens went. You know, you just stay on the field, and you know, obviously, we saw last year once Karis was able to stay healthy. You know, he, he had a big time season and and pushed George Pickens for, you know, being the, the leading receiver for for most of the season. And that just kind of makes everything stand out to me about what JT Daniels has been able to do so far. You know, he's got two true freshmen, a redshirt freshman, and a sophomore as his top four pass catchers so far this year with Brock Bowers, Jermaine Burton, A.D. Mitchell, and Lab McConkey. That, that being your top four weapons right there, I just think that, you know, it just kind of, gives an added perspective to this, you know, not just how deep the room is, how young this pass catching room is, and just how well, you know, Todd Monken and, and Cortez Hankin have been able to, to to get these guys going. You know, first and second year players, a very, very young group that JT's working with. And we keep kind of saying it every week, they're going to continue to get healthy. They're going to get Kiaris Jackson out there more. If they get Arian Smith, I mean, if Blaylock's back, Marcus Rosemey as well. I mean, this is a becoming a deep, deep receiver room. And so I think, you know, it's just going to get, you know, that much more explosive. If they get this full unit out there, they're going to be able to rotate 68 guys out there, 68 guys out there who can who really, really, really 
uh, bring a lot of production to this offense. And it's it's what, as we've said, it's what Georgia fans have been waiting to see. And, and they're finally kind of seeing, you know, all the all the fruits of Georgia's recruiting as far as the, that offensive side of the ball is concerned. It's break time, guys. Let's go into one of those real quick. And on the side, we're going to talk about Arkansas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. All right, Georgia, Arkansas. It's an 18-point spread. Arkansas is plus 18. Um, Kip, has it moved since then? You normally do a pretty good job keeping up with it. Well, it moved to 18 and a half, and you still have, I think, Circus Sports and a couple other outlets actually have it as 19. So it's it's interesting where the money's going. You kind of, I mean, we all expect it to be five to six, I mean, closer to 10, you know, nine to 10 when this thing opened. It opened at 18, and it's still moved up. You know, it has not, I haven't seen it go below 18, but I've seen it go 18 and a half and 19. So it's it's definitely an eye opener. I mean, Vegas knows something. Obviously, if they're going to put the number like that and it's still going up, it's it's definitely not what we expected. There's a lot of different things that happen. There's a lot of different trends, and some of them contradict each other. Some of them, you know, some of these sayings contradict each other. But I'll tell you this: anytime a a betting line is significantly more than I thought it would be you're looking at the top 10 game and one team's favored by this much, it screams sucker bet. It screams, you know, and listen, I don't know if Georgia's going to come out here and cover that 18 or cover that 19, but that's that was my immediate reaction when I saw that line. Rusty, what was yours? I mean, I, I told Kip last night, I thought he sent me that text. I was like, what? I would thought nine, nine and a half, maybe 10, but 18 and a half, 19 points. Whew, I mean – that makes you, you know, I was talking on the Ask Ask Rusty chat on the junkyard today. I was like, I can tell you that somebody knows something that we all don't, and we watch football for a living. So I don't know if Arkansas's got somebody hurt, if KJ Jefferson's not expected to play. I have no clue. But something to me is not adding up because I can't see this thing as an 18, 19 point game right now. You think it could just be a beat up football team, just be kind of one of those what they had to expend last week against AM and then having to kind of hit the road for their first true road test of the season? You think maybe that's I mean, obviously that plays into it, but yes. I don't know. I, I didn't get the impression from watching that game Saturday that, you know, obviously Traylon Burks got, got a little dinged up too, but I didn't get the impression that Jefferson or Burks was going to be out. I mean, I don't I, I don't I don't think so either, but um it just look. They have those big buildings out there for a reason because they they know things that we don't. And uh, I just I, I can't see it. You know, somebody asked me which way I'd be leaning. That kind of spread tends to tell me not to touch it because something I don't know is a variable in here. And uh, this is one of those games we'll find out a little more because we know Texas has beaten two really, really good teams. And Georgia beat a Clemson team early. Uh, that's struggling, let's be honest with you. So it doesn't take away from anything from that win. Uh, but, you know, we do know Arkansas has beat two really good football teams, and they beat them up physically. 
So we'll know more about both uh, come Sunday. But I'll tell you right now, I don't, I don't think I'm going to touch this game either way. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, Sam Pittman's done an incredible job, obviously. Um, I, I, I do, you know, my early thought on this game is Georgia, very tough matchup for Arkansas. Just the matchup itself. And, you know, Kirby said today, he said, listen, this is not the same Arkansas Georgia played last year. And I agree with him. I think he's very much right on that. I think they're a bigger, more physical football team. But bigger, more physical is a tough way to try and beat Georgia. And, you know, that's just kind of how I look at it. Um, we'll, we'll see kind of how it works out. But, Kip, what are your what were your thoughts on that spread? The, you, you, you're the one that kind of writes that for us every Sunday when, when the spread comes out. When you were writing that story, what was kind of the thought rolling through your head? That they don't respect Arkansas yet. That they're ba- basically saying, you know, prove it to us. Even though right now the question is, you know, has, has Georgia been tested? Uh, you know, that's what we're ta- we're trying to discuss and break down and figure out. Has Georgia really been punched in the mouth yet this year? They thought that first that first game, all eyes were on that matchup. It doesn't have that same, you know, it doesn't have that same buzz now as it once did. And Arkansas on the flip side has two of the best wins of the season so far. So that's why for us, you know, normally you see Arkansas, you see that kind of spread, you know, that's it's not too you know, abnormal, but we all know that Sam Pittman has that team playing some of the best football it's played in a long time. And so I, you know, I I don't know what Vegas knows that we don't, but it seems like this is one of those games where it's going to be a line of scrimmage battle. It's going to be strength on strength with that. And I think I don't expect, I expect it to be a pretty quick game. I think that you're going to go into halftime at like, you know, 105, one, you know, 130. And, and this game's going to be over quickly because I think that it's going to be a ground game battle. And, you know, it's going to be a lot closer the, than what that spread makes it seem just because I, I really like uh, Arkansas's defensive line. Uh, I really like what Barry Odom has them, you know, the schematically how they've played so far. I am super interested to see if they continue to try to do what they've done so far this year against Georgia, because it's, it's their strength on Georgia's strength so far. And we've been waiting to see if when Georgia is going to kind of turn to the ground game, but they haven't, they haven't had to because teams continue for some reason to put eight and nine in the box and, and, and make Georgia throw the ball. And I mean, it's been, that's, They've loved doing that. You know, Georgia's had no issue doing that. And this seems like a different matchup in that aspect. So which coordinator is going to be more stubborn and stick to that original game plan and which one's going to have to adjust when not everything that they're used to seeing is there. You know, that's kind of what I'm looking to see in this game. And, yeah, even on the board, I mean, Jake, you and I got asked about whether Georgia was going to hit 35 points, you know, all the yards over and unders, and and we both kind of – said you know we both went with the unders on things and we got kind of questioned for that but this does not seem like this is not the same kind of matchup that that Georgia's had the last couple of weeks I mean UAB South Carolina Vanderbilt those those are just different teams as far as how well they're playing and 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 what Sam Pittman has them doing in Arkansas right now this tells me that I mean that October is going to start off with a big test I mean the not it's not the matchup everyone was discussing all offseason. I mean, he has them going 
you know, in year two, I mean, Kirby's year two, you know, like what it's, it, he has them on that. He's got the same culture he's developing there in Arkansas. And I mean, they're, they're going to come in confident. They know that they can, they can beat a really quality team. And if anyone knows, you know, Kirby, it's going to be Sam Pittman. So I just think that there are a lot of aspects of this game that are extremely, extremely interesting to me. I just don't think that anyone can overlook this team. This is kind of that, that for them, I mean, this is the game where they have an opportunity to kind of put themselves, you know, on the map even more. And I mean, the fact that it's a noon game is irrelevant now. There's, there's no trap game now. Like Kirby's got to have these guys focused and ready to come out because this is going to be, I mean, at this point, this is their best opponent that they've played so far based on what we've seen so far through four games. So, yeah, the line, the, the fact that the line was pu is pushing 20 is just completely shocking to me based on just, you know, how everything lines up. Georgia's got the better team, but this is no pushover. No doubt about it, and Kirby Smart knows that too. And Rusty, want to end with this. That's why he challenged Georgia fans to show up early and to be loud and to be elite uh, for Saturday. I mean, obviously, I think we all know the answer to this. Will they respond? And, I, I mean, with game day in town, absolutely. Yeah. This, I have no hesitation that Georgia will be bonkers uh, Saturday game day there, uh, the buzz, um, you know, you look at preseason schedule, you look at the schedule in the preseason, you think you're not thinking kind of Arkansas is that game, maybe Kentucky, you know, the big home game, but, uh, and they'll be, a, they'll be a good opponent, but this is clearly, um, the, the right now on paper, this is going to be the home game of the year. It's a top 10 matchup in Athens. Um, and it just happens to be early, whether you like it or not. I, I, I certainly, Said it on the last couple podcasts that South Carolina game at night was it really surprised me. I mean, it had some serious energy. Uh, I expect the same on Saturday. Um, I'm kind of working on the recruit visit list right now and kind of surprised that some guys have already confirmed. We'll put that out more, you know, this week on Dolls 247, who we're expecting in town. But it, you know, a lot of things kind of helped with a top 10 team now. Arkansas, it gets everybody's attention and that gets a uh, recruits there a little bit better than I thought. It's certainly. Uh, a noon game is not ideal for those kids to travel. So, I mean, a lot of them have to get up five or six o'clock in the morning to get there after playing a game the night before. But uh, this is a big game. All eyes of the country on this one with game day there. Um, you know, certainly some big ones, Alabama, Ole Miss, a few others. But Georgia, Arkansas is up there with the rest of them. top ten game in the country. And I certainly expect that crowd to be loud and be there early. No doubt about it. There's going to be some buzz in Athens. It's going to be a top 10 showdown between the hedges, and we'll have it covered for you. We'll be back with you on Wednesday. We're going to do a mailbag. going to maybe talk a little bit of recruiting, talk about maybe the happenings between now and Wednesday because this is the Georgia beat, and God knows anything could happen. But for this episode of the Junkyard Dogcast, I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. They're Kip Adams and Rusty Mansell from the same place, and y'all take it easy.